Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought you'd be further along financially by now? If so, you're not alone. Many people find themselves wanting to ditch their nine to five, wishing they had more time with their family. What most people want is to simply live the life that they choose and with plenty of money to do so. The good news is you can live an abundant life through apartment investing. Mark and Tamil Kenny with Think Multifamily help you take back the time and freedom so that you can live free from the stresses that burden so many. Through multifamily investing, they teach you how to set your family up for a lifetime of true success and fulfillment. They have helped hundreds of people just like you. Patrick, for example, who since working with Think Multifamily has purchased over 900 units with another 850 under contract. And at 27 years old, was able to quit his demanding job in corporate America. Regardless of your age or profession, Think Multifamily can help you create the life of your dreams. As hosts of the new Think Multifamily podcast, Mark and Tamil will walk you through the journey step-by-step to make sure you are completely set up for success. Through this interview-style podcast, you will gain a proven strategic apartment investing system and hear stories from successful investors, all to help you be light years ahead of those who try to do it alone. Subscribe to the Think Multifamily podcast today at thinkmultifamily.com forward slash podcast. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Adam Adams, and I can't wait to get through uh, and talk to you about the four reasons why you would want to be involved in multifamily in the first place. Again, we shared the eight ways to get involved, and now you're wondering, well, why would I even want to do it? So in the last episode, I talked about how the competition was so much less on these 200-unit buildings than it is with the single family that you're trying to do and failing at. So, or maybe a couple of you are doing okay on, on single family. It's just so much work. You feel like you're beating your head against the wall. The next thing that I want to talk about today is how it is so much less risky than the stock market, so much less risky than, than single family homes. And I'm going to give you some real uh, reasons that proof as to how this is, is there. So it's not just hearsay. It's not just me being biased and me coming up with random things, right? It's, it's specific to, to those engineers, those uh, smart people that did the research in the first place and I'm regurgitating the unbiased research that will help us understand really where the risk is and where it is not. By the way, these four episodes that I'm doing about multifamily are really focused on a multifamily event that I'll be hosting on October 3rd, 4th, and 5th, right around the corner. And I wanted to share that a little bit with you right now before I get into the risk aversion that multifamily has. In case you have a chance to look at your calendar and book these three dates, uh, Thursday, October uh, 3rd, Friday, October 4th, and Saturday, October 5th, all day on these three days, we are going to pack a punch 
to help you to be able to raise more money. So it's called the Raising Money Summit. You find it at RaisingMoneySummit.com and my podcast listeners get a discount to the Raising Money Summit. All you got to do is put in the promo code as you're checking out, put in the promo code podcast. Literally the word is podcast and it's because my podcast listeners get a big discount, get a big discount because they listen to my show. So I want to see you there. I hope I see you there. And um, you're going to learn so much and you're going to meet so many, so many people and the speakers are going to inspire you to make sure that you're getting into multifamily today. So again, we're talking about risk aversion. Why is multifamily one of the least risky asset classes in the entire planet right now? Number one is because there are five different ways that you make money in multifamily. Again, let me say that one more time. There are five different ways. So it's not just like cash flow. It's, there's five different ways that you're actually making money when you buy multifamily. And because of those five different ways, there's less risk than if you're involved in some of the other classes where there's only one way to even make money. So I wanted to share that with you a little bit now. And, and actually, I'm going to go in, into depth on those on a later episode, not within these four episodes about why multifamily, but after that, I'm going to be, after these four reasons, I'm going to go into the five different details, uh, different reasons in greater detail to help you to understand um, how do you even make money in multifamily. I'll skip, I'll skip the, the heavy details of that right now, but just so you know, it's more risk averse because you make money in five ways. The next one is that it's more risk averse or it's less risky than other asset class because you have a diversified income. Just as an example, with the stock market, a lot of times you don't even have an income. You, you, you're just making money or losing money. It's, it's all on paper, okay? So there's no real income. There's, it's just a paper asset um, unless you're using some type of, of, of stock that actually pays you a dividend, which are less common. Uh, but even when you have those, they pay you in one way, not in five ways, so or tw or two hundred ways. So what I'm going to share with you is in a single family house, if you have it as a rental, the only way you make money, the the main thing that you, is happening is is if somebody pays you rent, you make if somebody, meaning your 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 resident, your tenant, if they pay you the rent that month, you make money. If they don't pay you, you don't make money. And because if they just lose their job or they just move out and, and you only have one tenant, uh, one resident, then you've lost 100% of your income that month, unfortunately, and probably the next month or so. And when you have a large multifamily with a 200 units, if one or two people move out, who cares? Because you're still 90 plus percent occupied. You're still gaining and making 90% of your income that month, even though you have a few tenants that moved out. So it's a diversified income. You have more residents, more tenants that are paying you money each and every single month. The next one that I want to share is one that you don't hear everywhere. It's much less common than just talking about diversified income and the five ways that you make money in multifamily. And that's 
is the sharp ratio. Okay, so another, the third thing that I want to share with you on how multifamily is risk averse is the sharp ratio. And it's not a pointy ratio. It's not going to hurt you. It's not that kind of, it's not the sharp ratio where it's going to cut you. It's the sharp ratio where it's a risk adjusted return. In the eight ways that you can be involved in multifamily, I did share some of the sharp ratio with you that on those episodes, uh, but I'd like to go into it again to make sure that it sticks. So the sharp ratio is a risk adjusted return. What it's a long time ago, they decided that there was two things that that matter. One is how much money you make, and two is how difficult it was to make that money or how risky it was to make that money. So they started to figure out this by looking at a pattern as they looked at the stock market and and single-family real estate and multifamily real estate and other asset classes out there as they spent the time and attention to look at that asset class, look at that what is happening with the S&P 500, what is happening with uh, this mutual fund over here, what is happening in, in, in Vanguard or, or any other group that is, is saying that they're going to work to get you a return on your money. What's happening there? And, and they look to see, okay, this one had a big spike up and then it had a big spike down and, and all the investors lost all or most of their money. And then it had a big another spike up and the, and the investors were happy and then it jumped right back down to below zero and it kept going spiking up and spiking down and people were getting heart attacks as they were hoping to make money. And so they started to do this risk-adjusted return where they do a mathematical equation, a calculation, to look at all of the ups, look at all of the downs, the, the peaks, the valleys. And then over time, they wanted to look at not only how big those swings were, but over time, how much money did the investor make over 20 or 30 years? And as they look at what their investors were making over the last 20 or 30 years, they found something very interesting that the S&P 500 was doing really well compared to many of the other stocks out there. And they, were, they started to ask themselves, why would this S&P 500 have less volatility than just one single stock at a time? And they figured out that the answer is diversification. With the S&P 500, they took 500 companies, and some of them were tech stocks, some of them were growth stocks, some of them were XYZ, you name it. They had multiple types of stocks, and the main purpose was to diversify the portfolio so that when some of the things went up really, really, really fast, maybe other things were going down really, really fast. And so you didn't see a huge down spike or a huge up spike because that day, many of the stocks went up, many of the stocks went down, so it kind of looked just consistent. And they looked at the S&P 500, and it was making money over the last 20 and 30 years. So he said, this is one of the best things that we can, that we can invite our, our people 
our investors to put their money into because we know that over the last uh, several years, it did grow and it had less of the huge spikes, ups and downs. Of course, it still had ups and downs. It's obvious. You can look at the S&P 500. It hasn't made all that much money. And uh, the ups and downs still absolutely happen. It's just one of the safest ways to be involved in the stock market. Well, when you take the S&P 500 and then you compare it to single family, single family is almost 100% better, 100% stronger on your money. However, if you compare the S&P 500 to, the, to multifamily real estate, what you'll find is it's almost six times stronger. So it's still three times stronger than single family real estate. So I just wanted to share that with you right now. And the last thing that I wanted to share as far as being risk averse is just a, a really good example of what may have happened. Uh, what may happen, I, I guess I suppose, in the future, what may happen if, if we have another correction. And you can't, past performance doesn't always indicate future returns, obviously. Uh, however, I want to talk a little bit about 2008, uh, since I brought it up already. It's in 2008, a lot of you remember, now I told you that I owned real estate in 2005, uh, seven, eight. I owned real estate in these years, uh, nine, 10, 11. Uh, I remember going through the crash. I remember what it felt like. I had multifamily that, at that time. And I actually remember specifically uh, what was happening with people, my, my, my tenants, some of them losing their jobs. I also remember some of my friends that had single family homes and it didn't have the type of, uh, of, of, diverse or um or what 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 was what's the best let's just call it economies of scale so they uh, they some of my friends and some of your friends i'm sure lost their homes they couldn't pay their mortgage in 2007 in 2008 in 2009 in 2010 it was difficult for them to pay their mortgage because a lot of the jobs a lot of were a lot of my friends lost their jobs, and because they lost their jobs, there was one income that that needed to have needed to happen in order to pay that mortgage, and that one income no longer was there, and so they got behind on their mortgage and even lost their homes. That same year in two thousand eight, you remember the stock market. The four hundred one ks became two hundred one ks. Many, many, many people went bankrupt, bankrupt. They lost their entire retirement account. It went down so fast that, they, that many people sold their stocks. It went down so fast that some of the people that weren't able to sell it on time, unfortunately, were left holding the bag. That same year, in 2008, my multifamily, it was cash flowing. That same year in 2008, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac loans, because of debt service coverage ratio and loan to value, there was uh, something that was happening with multifamily that wasn't necessarily happening, happening that year 
with any other asset class. And here's what was happening. Multifamily owners were able to pay their bills. In fact, most multifamily owners were making more money than the mortgage cost them. In fact, most multifamily owners that, were, that owned 100, 200 unit buildings were cash flowing well enough that they were able to not only pay their mortgage, but they were still making a great return. And that's what happened to me in my units in that same year of 2008, when I had friends losing their jobs, when I had friends going bankrupt, when I had friends losing their money in the stock market, when I had friends defaulting on their mortgages, multifamily had less than a 1% default rate. Those are my reasons to help you understand why you would pick multifamily over many of the other asset classes. It's because it's more risk averse, aka it's because it's less risky. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about the increasing demand for multifamily units. It's pretty incredible how many people want to live in multifamily. And I'll give you some of those demographics in ways that you can explain to your passive investor as well. Or if you are a passive investor, you're going to want to take notes because this is going to help you understand why you would want to be investing your money passively in multifamily, especially right now today. Again, this episode is brought to you by the Raising Money Summit. So I hope you go and grab your tickets to the Raising Money Summit right now by going to RaisingMoneySummit.com and putting in the promo code podcast because my podcast listeners get a giant discount for coming to the event. And I cannot wait to see you there. And I can't wait to have you on the next episode of Why Multifamily talking about how the demand is increasing. DJ, and I want to thank you for being a loyal listener. We're glad you keep listening to each episode. And I want to ask you to please take a minute to give us a five-star review. And remember, we are not attorneys or CPAs. This is just the stuff you bring to your advisors.